0: I'm Ali of Hocus Pocus Collector.
1: And I'm Will of Spooky Will.
0: And we are the Black Flame Society.
1: We're here to share Halloween, Hocus Pocus, and other spooky news and updates with you.
0: While having fun, meeting friends, and making every day feel like it's Halloween.
1: So come on in and join the society.
0: <laughs> Will, do you want to move on to the first sequel
1: question? When Hocus Pocus was first released, and it um, if it had been a massive success when it was first released, did you ever have any early ideas for a sequel? Was there anything in your mind where you would have liked to see a second film go?
2: I don't. I wasn't sophisticated enough to think, okay, uh, there will be a sequel to this. I, I think I was just wallowing in my own misery that it had not done well. And I no. The, to answer your question, no, I never thought of that until it started to build and build. And the first time that I really realized that this was something more than I really understood was one of our younger daughter, Jessie's friends came over and Jessie said, tell my dad, do that for my dad. And I said, what? And she went into an entire three pages of dialogue of all three characters and (laughs) back and forth and acting out who was who. And I just like, what? I, I mean, I—I in my mind, I was just kind of a failure because the film didn't work. And so the fact that someone actually liked it out there, you know, this is before Internet. And I, I mean, I had no idea. And so I, I mean, I had and it's it was at that point, And then Disney started to show it more and more. And and I began to hear from people. Oh, my God, my little sister loves that. My brother loves that. Uh, it's a family thing that we watch all the time, and it started to build and build. And that's when I went to Disney, um, to the feature group, and said, look, I know the first one wasn't successful, but there's this huge love for this out there. And I brought Billy, the six-foot Billy, in as part of my, my pitch. Um, I, I, I did more artwork. I brought in many other things. And it was a great pitch. And they just said, you know, we're going to get back to you. I mean, they laughed at all the right places. They seemed to love it. And then it took six months before they gave me an answer and they passed on it. I I was devastated. And I said, can you see if we can get the rights from the Disney feature group so I could take it to Freeform and the Disney Channel and see if they're interested? That took a couple months, and I got the rights to that. And so I pitched them, bringing Billy back and all the art and uh, lots of maquettes, sculptures. uh, And they bought it in the room. And we, we were developing it for about three years. And one day I get a phone call that it's been moved to Disney Plus. And I just thought, oh, my God, okay. And so that, that's how all that happened. You know, the great news is the, the budget quadrupled from what it, what it was going to be for the Disney Channel. It, it really grew into something a good deal more expensive with bringing the girls back um, and really making it. I mean, Disney really understood, or I should say Disney Plus and our, our executive, a, a wonderful, really smart woman named Jessica Virtue, uh, who's senior VP of production there, Jessica um, really understood what needed to be done to bring this to a level of that it would at least visually surpass the original. And, and I, I really believe we're, we're well on the way to that. I shouldn't say that. It's, just, I'm so superstitious about everything, but, <laughs> but it, it just, you know, everything that I've seen just looks so great.
0: That's awesome to hear. And we were very we as we talked about when we had heard some adaptations over the years that it would be made for TV or it was going to be a remake with not the original Kathy Bett and Sarah coming back. Will and I were very nervous for a period of time just because yeah. we wanted to honor the original. And,
2: uh, by the way, that was always the intention was to bring them back. I remember Bett at one point said she said, I'm, I'm sure what Disney is going to do with Freeform or whoever it was, uh, she said, I'm sure it's going to look really cheap. And it's just like, no, that's not what I would ever allow to happen. But <laughs> she's a very opinionated woman.
0: As she deserves to be.
2: <laughs> she's, she's made it work for, you know, half a century or more yes. of a career.
0: Yes. So while we are thrilled, the Sanderson sisters and Doug are back reprising their roles. As far as we are aware, um, Max, Allison, and Danny will not be in the movie um, Hocus Pocus 2. So can you tell us where do you think they'd be now?
2: Um, I think that Max and Danny, because this was one version that my partner Blake and I did. um, I'm sorry, Max and Allison are married. Yay. Um, The three of them, the three of them have a real phobia about Halloween you know, you don't go out. You don't go out on that night. And um, Danny, uh, in the story that we wrote, is a uh, a teacher and teaches uh, a, a course having to do with uh, with Halloween and uh, and that it's it's not anything to be trifled with. And of course, I think a lot of her students think, you know, you know that that's fun Halloween Salem stuff. But but this woman is really serious about it. Unfortunately, I mean, I really push for. Thora, who's a dear, dear friend and someone that comes with her husband, Michael, for dinner here. And she really wanted to do it. And then she couldn't do it because she had taken Tim Burton's uh, Adam's family. And then recently I heard that she's no longer part of that. So um, we didn't have her as part of this. That was the intention. Um, And that was in the script. But we had to change that.
0: Do you have any concepts or ideas for what do you think happened to Jay and Ice? Are they still in their cages? Did they escape? Did they die there?
2: actually what i feel really bad about um are those two such sweet men um they really wanted to be in the sequel and disney just didn't feel there was room for it and you know they're big fan favorites it would have been really nice to uh see i mean aside from the kids and especially thora but um uh, uh, yeah uh do i feel this on the cage no my my guess is somebody let them out and 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 had they been part of this version of the film, the second version, uh, I think they probably would have done stuff to exploit uh, for money purposes, to make money from uh, from all this as they, they've gotten older and uh, and done interviews with, uh, with tabloids. And <laughs> they just seem like those kind of guys, not in real life. In real life, they're wonderful. Wonderful. Oh,
0: yeah, Larry... Larry and Tobias are absolutely great. I know that they really hope to come back for this, but they are definitely still supporting the sequel the best that they can. So we'll just imagine that they're there in the background off doing something crazy, you know, like in fires or throwing toilet paper.
2: (laughs) That's right.
0: (laughs) Well, that's very comforting to hear that in the Hocus Pocus universe, Max and Allison are married. Danny's doing well in that version of the universe because we miss our originals.
2: Yeah, in one in one of the versions of the story, Max and Allison have written a, a book on uh, this Halloween story. That, of course, the world just thinks is a lovely little Halloween tale. But it becomes a bestseller, and they're on a, a world tour. So that's why they, they weren't in our uh, going to be in our original story, and uh, and Danny was going to be. You know, Amray uh, is a, a very private person. Amray Katz, and. Um, and though as favors he will show up here and there to certain events, hocus-pocus events, um, you know, he, he really likes to stay out of the limelight. He's a very, very grounded human being. All three of them are, actually. Uh, Vanessa is a mom now and has a little one herself. Um, you know, she's less, she's more open to coming to certain events than Amre is. But um, they're all just wonderful people, and it's been you know, I mean, he was, what, 16, 17 when he did the film, and Vanessa was, I think, 15, and Thora was uh, nine, and, you know, just it's wonderful just to watch them grow up.
0: And David, I had the pleasure of interviewing Omri, Vanessa, and Jason Marsden. Uh, this past March, they did an event in Connecticut, and they speak of you just as highly as you speak of them. So just wanted to pass that along. They were great. As you said, they are lovely people, but they talk about the f- everyone who I've ever spoken to. And we've heard Beth, Kathy, and Sarah over the years just talk about how it was one of their favorite projects. And it just seems that's a trend. Everyone is like, that's one of the favorite things they've ever done. So you are not alone in that. <laughs>
2: Oh, that's, that's wonderful to hear. I I remember on Charlie Rose, who his interviews were always very well thought of. And he interviewed Bette Midler. And he asked her what her favorite movie was that she's ever made. And she said, Hocus Pocus. And he kind of sat back shocked. And he said, not Beaches, not uh, uh, The Rose. She said, No, it's Hocus Pocus. And just, you know, just wow, that's just it's, it's wonderful. It all could have been so different, guys. So different.
1: I think we actually discussed before um, in a previous episode, me and Ali were saying that we don't think, as awful as it was when it was first released in terms of the reception, we don't think it would be as magical as it is today if it didn't have that reception. I feel like it would have, all, like, it would have always been popular, but I think we love it because it's grown to something that is now something that we hold so dear and to something that we've both grown up with and we've obsessed over and, and fallen in love with to now see how big it is. And for so many other people around us to also love it. I feel like I don't, it makes me wonder if we, if it would have been so uh, popular and so like we would have loved it as much if that had been the different circumstances.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know the answer to that. Right. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, it just, I mean, so many things could have changed the history of this in so many ways. And it's just like, I don't know, the universe just, as Ali said, just in the stars, but just everything kind of moved out of the way, the obstacles, the issues, the whatever, despite despite the big obstacle of it failing and, and, and bad reviews, something just spoke to people and, um, I'm not sure I'll ever be able to articulate exactly what that was uh, other than just being so grateful for it. I, 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 it just, I think it spoke to a magic What you know, I, I'm the kind of films that I love being a part of our popcorn films. There's no doubt. And I think that whatever was in this young boy, David Kirshner was in millions of other people as well that had that, that, from all over the world, and I didn't understand that then. But I, I think that there was just something that made my clock tick that was making the clocks tick of lots of other kids that love that same kind of thing. And, um, and I was lucky enough to come upon it and decide that, oh, you know, I'll create a little story for our, our daughters for, for Halloween. And that, that story then became a, a, a story in Muppet magazine, but there really wasn't much traction from that either. Um, and it was, uh, I really believe that the reason Disney bought it was because of the Spielberg pixie dust on me and the fact that it, Halloween at that point was a billion dollar business. I, I don't think, I don't, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that they said, wow, you know, we're really moved by this story. I think it was the other stuff surrounding it. That really wasn't anywhere near as important, but but. Whatever it was, I'm so grateful to the universe that 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 uh, that that special door opened up and we were able to do it.
0: I think it filled such a void where there are horror movies, there are slasher films, there are the Halloweens, the Freddie Kruegers, the Michael Myers. This was a family friendly mostly, of course. And Shucky. <laughs> and Shucky, <laughs> yes. There are all those horrifying things out there where you can sit down. I showed this to my niece, she was three four years old and she fell in love with it the same way i did and she's 16 now she still loves it and it's just you can sit down with your family enjoy and there might be a virgin joke here or there and there might be a little spook when billy's head falls off but it's a family friendly halloween film and there's not enough of that and i think hocus was the first thing to do it and that's a huge part of why i personally
1: think it succeeded so well
2: right did you guys grow up on harry potter uh
1: kind of, yeah. I think I was about twelve when it first came out, so I have seen them all, but for me it was always Hocus Pocus. That was always my, my go to like magical film.
2: Yeah, take that JK Rowling if you're listening <laughs>
0: <laughs> Take that. Whenever I would abbreviate Hocus Pocus as HP, everyone was like Harry Potter. And I'm like, no, the abbreviation (laughs) HP is Hocus Pocus. It is not Harry Potter. What are you talking about? Like, you're wrong. I'm right. (laughs) Stop. Harry Potter is a magic of its own. But I I don't know, David, have you ever visited Universal Studios and seen the Harry Potter worlds? Because can you imagine a Hocus Pocus world? Can we imagine that for a second? I imagine it almost (gasps) every day
2: but yeah i took our, our <laughs> grandkids uh, who are 15 13 and 11 to see uh to see that and it was very impressive but i i i, I believe me i just thought oh what we could do and just ri- getting on a broomstick and riding over salem and uh you know and billy jumping oh out behind God. a grave and um, and you know there's going to be some other good things for you when you see the the new one as well from Spooky moments and such, aside from the great funny ones,
0: <laughs> we always ask Disney if you're out there listening, let's make Hocus Pocus world. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Let's get to that premiere. Let's do it. Oh my
2: goodness. God, would that be amazing? Um, I don't know if you guys have gone online and looked at the show um that Disney puts on in front of the castle in Florida. Have you seen that?
0: I saw it in person in twenty nineteen. It's incredibly done.
2: Oh, in person! Oh, yes, wow.
0: yes, it's yeah. incredible.
2: I haven't seen it in person, oh, but you um, need to. Uh, you know they they've invited me a host of times. I just haven't done it. I am not a big Florida person, so um, <laughs> um, uh, well in summer, I should say so. And it's not summer; it's October, so <laughs> there is no excuse. I should go, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's they did a wonderful job. It's and uh, the women are great. That they. Were able to cast in the roles of uh, of the girls.
0: Yes, uh, Jenica McCleary, a friend of the show, was the original Winifred who did the role down in 2016. She's a Bette Midler impersonator full time, and seeing her be be Winifred in real life was just oh, incredible. I, I never
2: knew that. Oh, she's a Bet Midler. Yeah, well, that that makes perfect sense. But <laughs> she she was wonderful. I mean, I. Yeah, I have a little uh, video of, of that that I've held on to um, because I just thought she was so great. Yes. Oh, she'll, you know. She's
0: going to love to hear that.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, please tell her. I'm a huge fan. I just thought she, she she's so talented and funny and has such a great stage presence. Yes.
0: If you do get the chance to see it, though, I would recommend seeing it online is great, but in person, it's just, it's an experience and they tie it in with all the other Disney villains very well. It's fun. It's well done.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's great, Oogie Boogie, and yes. yeah, just uh, Captain Hook, and yeah, it's really <laughs> I love watching it. So, in terms of the
0: people that did return, how is it returning to the original story so many years later and reuniting with some of the original cast and crew for you? Because, as we said, so many people were able to come back. So, how did that feel to come back nearly thirty years later?
2: I mean, it's. It, it, first just to even get a movie made is like pushing a grand piano up a very steep hill. Um, so the idea of getting a sequel made with the likes of stars and they are like, like Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker and, and Kathy Jimmy. I mean, you just worry about schedules. You worry about just so much COVID and, um, and there were a lot of people that got sick on the production, but they, um, thankfully, I, I, I think they all just love it so much that they really wanted to come back. And when I heard the news that it was all going to work out, I was so thrilled that that the girls, as we call them, are 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 here, and uh, you know that's just that's just so exciting to me that uh, that. That they've returned, you know, the likes of a John Debney to do the score. Um, that's that's personally so satisfying to me. Aside from his great talent, he's just such a wonderful person. So him working on the film, he just brings all of his heart and enormous talent to it. Um, so yeah, that the, that's honestly, it's it's. I constantly live in a state of pinch me because. To have a sequel made of, of a movie, it's just, it, it's, it's so wonderful, especially with the fact where it started off in the film not being received very well, um, just for all of this to come together and for Disney to put the kind of money that they have into it. Um, it's, it's all just incredible.
0: Well, I think it's already paying off for Disney. Will, what was the fact you told me about the trailer? How many people viewed the trailer?
1: So the first trailer that was released last week was viewed by 43, I think it was 43.6 million people within the first 24 hours. That's right. And
2: And it it beat all these Star Wars movies that Disney has um, coming out. And it's just like, what? You know, and I should be a lot cooler about it than that, but I'm still like, (laughs) what? And it's, you know, it's still, it's still really, uh, Again that pinch me stuff it's just it's just wonderful and uh, you know I Disney really knows how to market clearly and they seem so in back of this and so excited. Uh, they did a test screening uh, here in Los Angeles and we scored a 97% on the film and it just like uh, Lynn Harris who who' was the producer of the film a wonderful woman Lynn said, You could not believe. She said it was like a rock concert when when the girls make their first appearance. The audience just starts screaming and applauding. I I mean, wow, wow, wow! I'm just I'm afraid I'm going to wake up and be nine years old again and 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 having a problem with math. It's just uh, it's 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 such a dream.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We were so excited when the when the trailer dropped. I think it must have been within the first two or three minutes of it dropping. Me and Ali were on the phone to each other and we were just freaking out basically over this trailer and we did like a reaction video and shared it with our listeners on our Instagram and people just went crazy for it and even since the day it's been released, we—I well—it I, hasn't left my social feed. It's just sh- being shared and shared and shared, and people are watching everywhere. it and people are commenting. It's everywhere. It's amazing. It's yeah, it's amazing to see it. With me and Ali uh, being so young when the first film came out, to now being able to live through a sequel properly, I, I'm sure it's inc- like amazing for you. And it's it's amazing for us to be able to like share it as well and experience it in a whole different light this time around.
2: Uh, y- yeah, it, it's. I mean, there there really aren't aren't words.
0: You had mentioned the sequel book that was released in 2018. Um, Were you involved in the development of that story? And what did you think of it? I
2: I was not involved in uh, the development of of that story. Um, I just, um, I saw it when Disney sent me the book. Um, uh, The first story in it is really the original story. The second story in it is a new story. That one didn't do as much for me personally. Um but um I, I hope some of the other books that Disney is planning will will be better. <laughs> Just put it that way.
0: Fair enough. Mm-hmm. We are a spoiler free podcaster, so we will leave that at that, but very intrigued. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was when we um I think we were pretty we've we've we talked about the book before, haven't we, Ali? And we did enjoy it, but we kind of see it as a standalone story. We don't actually see it more as a sequel for us. We, It's similar to the Marvel Universe, how there's so many different alternative timelines. We just say that's a different timeline for Hocus Pocus, and we enjoy it for what it is, but I think we probably agree with you where it it was. it's a fun little story, but it wasn't what we were expecting for the sequel, whereas the film that's coming out with this... We're a lot. We're definitely a lot more excited for the, the movie than we were for the
2: book. Yeah, I think I think the film will will satisfy um, fans and experts like yourselves. I I I, I hope. Um, uh, I, I you know it's it sure is looking really really good. The effects are wonderful, and uh, and the budget was wonderful, and so a lot could be done as a result of that with some of the magic that was necessary.
0: And um, so last time you were here with us, you had mentioned that um, Disney and you are working on a traveling show. Can you tell us anything about that? What does that mean? Or what is, where is that headed?
2: It's, it's, I'm really not working on it. Um, Disney made a, a deal, a rights deal with me um, as, as the creator. But there, there's, there's two things they're doing. One is that they've been working quietly, <laughs> I guess until I've said all this, uh, on, on a, uh, a Broadway show. And my, I have great hope for that. Um, I, I hope that comes to be. Uh, and the other is that they sold the rights, or, or they they are creating the rights for small um, productions of Hocus Pocus to be put on across the country by regional theaters. And um, and so uh, and that's based on on the first film. So. Uh, I have not seen the so-called book of that yet, but um, I really look forward to seeing that. Uh, I, I, I would love to sit in an audience and, and watch that, Well, especially the Broadway version, but I would just love to uh, even see local production versions of that. That will really be wonderful.
0: I think I've mentioned this to Will before. I remember as a child writing, like my version of "Focus, Focus" on Broadway. Just, I was a Broadway kid. I loved it, and I was like, "This belongs on Broadway." And so to hear that just warms my soul. And I know you spoke about it in another podcast, the big seance with Patrick. And that's the kind of the first place you had mentioned it. So to hear that it's developing is
2: like, very exciting. No, no it, it is. May I ask how long you guys have been fans of "Focus, Focus"? Um,
1: I've since I can remember, I I, I remember watching it when I was maybe four or five. That's probably my earliest memory of watching it. So, and it's the same for Ali. It's been with us our whole lives, which is why we, we've created this because we, it's more about, it's not so much about who listens, although we do have a really great, a bunch of listeners. We have a really good following that's increasing week on week. Um, It's more about just me and Ali sharing our love for this film, which, which is exactly why we started it. So I would probably say, considering I was alive when the film came out, it's all my life, and it goes the same for Ali. We've just, it's never left us. We just absolutely love everything about it and always have. Jeez.
0: I just sent Will this photo today. This is my rendition of a child Sanderson sister. I don't know if you can see that clearly. That's me just as a little witch with a broomstick. Oh. I was probably three or four years old <laughs> oh. um, on Halloween watching Hocus Pocus, oh. so my whole life.
2: <laughs> Jeez. I'm glad I'm wearing this sweater now because even though it's close to 90 degrees outside here, I keep getting goosebumps from you guys. (laughs) (laughs) We're
0: just, we're honored to speak with you. Just, I mean, when will I, when Will sent me the email that you had gotten back to him, because obviously it just felt like David Kirshner was unattainable. Just, you, you're incredible. Uh, when, when we, when you look at your IMDb profile, it's just insane. So I immediately, he, Will messages me and goes, David emailed back. And I immediately FaceTime him. And we're just like, this is actually happening. Like our podcast is getting someone of just craziness and it wasn't about if, if we had one listener we didn't care it was just about as will said spreading our love of the film and as you said last time just keeping it alive we want to go into every aspect of the film we dropped an episode today just about the music and about john debney and about the soundtrack and we just go into every little crevice we can and just break it down for everyone because there are people who just absolutely love it and i would say it's like it's part of our life right well like it's a yeah, part of our
2: personality absolutely. yeah So well, i love your personalities. so
1: <laughs> <laughs> no it's, it's definitely massive for us we've it's I've it's just something that i've always loved and the way i can describe hocus pocus is in terms of what you create is you is you bottled halloween in the in the best way possible it i i don't think anybody could have done a better job at, at making a film that represents halloween as better as you did and i i absolutely love it we both love it and this is
2: why we're doing the podcast well, that, that's kind of you. I mean, but, you know, Kenny Ortega and uh, Mary Voigt and uh, Bill Sandell and John Debney and just the actors. I mean, the, you know, I started with a little story and all of these great talents just brought so much to it. And it just really grew into something wonderful because everybody felt the way that you two do with a love of Halloween. And they poured that into into this story and it it just uh all that love and passion really really in my mind shows in in the film and that's why i was i was as i said last time in tears when it wasn't received very well because it just it made no sense to me and i i don't feel that about every movie i make oh it's it's but this just seemed like it was so entertaining and i just couldn't understand why Critics didn't care for it, and no one showed up for it. And But, you know, in the long run, it's certainly worked out. Like Wizard of Oz also. Wizard of Oz, you know, when it came out, it wasn't really received particularly well. And it just it really, where it exploded was when it started its run on television, very similar to Hocus. Mm-hmm. And uh, But, you know, two Disney movies came out that year in 93 um hocus and tim burton's nightmare before christmas which wasn't uh wasn't a a barnstormer got better reviews than we did but it wasn't a barnstormer Mm -hmm. as far as what disney had hoped but boy it grew into something that uh you know you've been to the parks and you just see at halloween just how important that 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 tim burton property is it's it's wonderful I love that movie. It is a great movie. We uh, me and Ali actually emailed some
1: of the, we found some of the original reviews for Hocus Pocus from 1993. We actually reached out to a few of the people who made the reviews to see if their opinion has changed.
2: Wow, how clever.
1: But we haven't actually heard back from anybody yet. Oh, so as no soon as we hear anything, we will... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but if we do hear anything, we'll, we will definitely let you know if yep. they've uh, changed their mind,
2: which hopefully they have. What, what a clever angle, though. That's great. You know, one of the few people that gave it a really great review, I don't know how old he is, he is still living, I'm told, is um, a gentleman by the name of Rex Reed. And um, and Rex Reed was kind of the it in the 70s and 80s and 90s uh kind of be it uh uh reviewer and uh and he loved it and he actually came to the set and uh we took him on a tour kenny ortega and i of of the set and uh but he gave us a great review and uh yeah that that was that was that was wonderful compared to the others
0: we even if they hadn't changed their actual feeling about the movie which i we obviously disagree with but they can't say that it isn't a cult classic now so we were hoping someone would get back to us and at least admit they were wrong but that's fine they can be wrong it's okay <laughs> we're we're just better it's fine yes <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure the reviews for the second i i have a feeling they're going to be great this time around
2: <laughs> john depp but he invited me my wife said to um Uh, the scoring session um, that they're going to be doing with a giant orchestra.
0: Did you go to the first for Hocus Pocus 1? I know everything was kind of a rush job for that with he only having a few weeks.
2: Um, I did. I did go. um, And uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it was just incredible. Um, Yeah, just incredible. to Just to see musicians and doing their arts and John, you know, waving away and just you know he knows every (laughs) instrument and what it's supposed to be at that moment to create a feeling of of spookiness or humor or or make you cry and uh yeah he's he's truly a master what a what a joy it is to to have him as a as a a friend and someone that I worship
0: now David do you know is anyone recording behind the scenes stuff for Hocus Pocus 2 because there was a lot released for Hocus Pocus 1 you know is like someone going to be there recording that John Debney session and is that stuff going to be released
2: I would assume so I, I actually I don't know the answers to that I would assume so um in my mind there really wasn't enough on the first film and um I, you know, I was hoping for a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff in the 25-year anniversary. I, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's um, it's a DVD that is book. Have you seen that? Um, yeah. yeah. I, I feel silly even asking you a question like that, actually. <laughs> um, I just realized. Uh, and But I just thought there would be a lot more behind-the-scenes stuff. And um, so I, I think this time, just knowing Disney and and what their expectations are, I think that they're going to uh, uh, be doing a lot of that.
0: So I think those were our questions about the sequel, but circling back to the original, we had some more questions about HP1, as they're going to call it now. <laughs> um, how do you think the movie would have performed? I know you originally pitched it to Spielberg right after you did The American Tale with him. Do you think Hocus Pocus would have done better originally if it had been a Spielberg film? Would it have been darker?
2: Well, first off, um I- I think that that is an urban legend about Spielberg. I know uh, oh. my dear friend Mick Yaris swears that we did this. I have no memory of this, but I will wow. I will tell you a story um, that backs up my feeling, and that is at the Amblin, which is Steven's company, Christmas party. Kathy Kennedy, who now runs um, Lucasfilm, um, and had been Steven's producing partner for years and years and years uh, came up to me and said, "Steven was really, really hurt that you did not bring this to him. And I said, what? And I, I mean, this is, I'm embarrassed by this and I, I'm, I feel horrible because I wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for Steven Spielberg. Disney said to me, because they passed on an American tale uh, they said, what else do you have? And so I just said, I have this story. And they said, come in and pitch it. And that's when I set up the room, as I explained last time. And Kathy said, you really hurt Stephen by the fact that you didn't even give him a shot at this. And may God strike me, Ted, this is this is the honest to God truth. I did not even think of it. I mean, and I I'd like to consider myself a a kind and sensitive person. And more importantly, my wife feels that about me. My wife of, of near 45 years feels that about me. I, I just was so caught up in the moment when Disney said, Do you have anything else? And I had just created this story and I just thought, well, this will be great. I have something else. And I didn't, I didn't even think of Steven. And I, I don't know the answer to that. I think, you know, Spielberg, um, and Amblin in the 80s and 90s. They were just, you know, the the family films that they were making, E.T. and Back to the Future and Raiders, um, uh, Harry and the Hendersons. Uh, I mean, Hocus would have fit perfect into that. And I think because it was Steven, we would have gotten much more attention than Disney. I think Disney just kind of dumped us in July and never really thought, uh, I, I don't think they I mean, none of us thought that it, you know, 28 years later, we'd be talking about it and making a sequel, but I don't think that they even, I just thought, I think they thought, eh, it's, it's, it's not going to be much of anything. So, uh, we'll dump it in July. And, and I don't think that would have happened if it were Spielberg. So to answer your question, yes, I do think it would have been different. And yet as painful as that weekend was in the next couple of weeks were, or a couple of years, um, because it, it stung for so long that it wasn't successful. Um, I don't think, I mean, I have the luxury now of looking back on this and knowing what I know. I don't think, I don't think I would have changed anything because in the end, the Disney machine is what brought us to the point of so much love for the property. So um, uh, just exposing it so much every year. And I'm not sure that would have happened if it was a Universal film. Could be wrong, but I, 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 don't, I wouldn't switch anything um, because I, I think there was a Disney magic that finally kicked in that really helped us.
0: Everything happens for a reason, and we are debunking that rumor here at the Black Flame Society. It was never pitched (laughs) to Spielberg. I'm shocked. I've heard that for as long as I can remember. Yeah, no,
2: uh, me too, and people ask me about it all the time. That's crazy. And I I say to Mick, (laughs) I have no memory of this. I I don't think this happened because (laughs) Kathy was furious, and I'm furious, and protective of Stephen. And I I just thought my life was over at that point. Actually, (laughs) Stephen didn't speak to me for a year. (gasps) Yeah. It's not like, it's not like if I saw him, he ignored me, but he, he just took a giant step back and I, I was, you know, I mean, you don't want to do that to Steven Spielberg, but on top of that, this guy was just so kind to me consistently. And I, I just blew it. It's not like I thought, Oh, Disney's better. I just thought, Oh, they're interested. Okay. Well, I have this other idea. And, you know, and I was, Pretty darn young at the time, too. I was in my 20s and um, I didn't have a lot of experience. Um, those probably sound like excuses for upsetting Steven Spielberg, but um, <laughs> those are my genuine <laughs> excuses.
0: I am sure everything is kosher now, and I'm sure he appreciates it, all the work you guys have done together. So, <laughs> um. Quick question. So do you have any thoughts about so our beloved Thackeray Banks um, was originally the human is played by Sean Murray and the cat version, uh, when they brought in Jason Marsden to voice the cat, and then they dubbed Sean Murray's voice with Jason's. Did you have any feelings about that? Were you involved in that decision to make him sound more old timey British? (laughs)
2: Um, uh, No, that was a a Disney decision. um, But I think it was the right decision and I, I'm not sure whether you know this or not, Thackeray does not appear in the in the new film, which personally was disappointing to me. There is a cat, but it's not Thackeray. I, I won't say more, but there is a cat, but it's not Thackeray. And, um, but uh, yeah, um, that was the decision that Disney made, um, you know, the highest levels, Jeffrey Katzenberg, and deciding that he didn't care for that voice because
1: could you can you tell us much about the original story that was the bedtime story years ago does it differ much from what was actually turned into the film were the characters names different or he,
2: he, well i think one of the things my original story was a good deal darker than than i mean it's the same idea of, of kids lighting a, a a candle black flame candle on on halloween is just kind of a it's like daring to go into the haunted house and spend the night there and so the dare of of lighting the black flame candle so many of the others especially the actresses but neil cuthbert especially really made it funny and in my version it wasn't funny it was a really spooky story for for my little my little girls and uh i mean they loved it but they also wound up sleeping in our bedroom that night because they were (laughs) Um, you know, I mean, it's, witches sucking the lives out of children. It's not a very Disney theme in, in theory, uh, of, of, you know, children being murdered by evil witches. (laughs) Um, you know, but it's, it's very much uh, along the lines of my original story of, of a Grimm's fairy tale. And, um, And you know, Walt Disney was famous for taking classic stories and um, and putting a Disney spin on them, and that's really what happened here um, with uh, under Jeffrey Katzenberg's leadership and and of course uh, Kenny Ortega's uh, the idea of making it much more fun and um, accessible. We still took some bumps for it being inappropriate for children. You know, the whole (laughs) sucking lives out of children which personally I loved when they said that because I I mean there's a reason that I, I think that you know the brilliant uh, J.K. Rowling uh, you know those stories are scary and it starts off with you know parents that are murdered and um you know I think kids love that um you know Raoul Dahl and James and the Giant Peach his parents are killed by a rhinoceros and uh and and so I I just think that that there there's a hook to that that kids respond to and and are probably a bit frightened by, <laughs> but they're frightened, but it's it's like it's like this frightened, you know, you have your hands over your eyes but you're still looking and you want to see what's going on and and I think that's the case with with stories even like Bambi with what Disney did with Bambi and that famous. Mm-hmm you don't see anything, but there's that famous gunshot. And then you just hear mother, mother. And, you know, it's just heartbreaking and uh, Lion King. And, you know, it's it's just, um, and even in my American tale, I tried to capture a little of that with the fact that they thought their son had fallen over and had drowned in the ocean on, on their journey to the promised land of America. You know, here here's this family that that has come and is so damaged now that their little boy is is gone and he's looking for, for his family. And of course they come back together, but I, it's just an important part of storytelling. And yeah, and I, I learned that uh, really in my, uh, in my late teens, when I would read um, books by the great professor, uh, Joseph Campbell, and uh, I absolutely recommend that. Um, great, great, a great read on, uh, on, on myth and, and legend and history and how they intertwine and, and how bi- the Bible is, is kind of weaved through all of that as, as well. And, uh, just great storytelling. And, and, you know, and that's what we tried anyway to accomplish and not comparing to the Bible, but that's what we tried <laughs> to accomplish with, with focus of, of making you frightened and making you laugh and, uh,
0: Hocus Pocus is a very, uh, is a Bible in our world. There is the Bible, and then there's the Hocus Pocus yeah. Bible at the Hocus Pocus Church. <laughs> okay. Remember, we're singing that gospel.
2: <laughs> okay, I'm glad you're saying it. I can't say it. Right we now, got you. you. You can say <laughs> it. Okay, thank you for that.
1: <laughs> um, in the original um, storyline and the script, there was the whole um, Candy Corn storyline, and that entire storyline was cut from the movie it was cleverly cut to the point where you you could barely tell the storyline ever existed but um whose idea was it for the the candy crow storyline was it part of your original storyline was it uh, what was like disney's point of view in terms of cutting it because it's almost like two separate films if we ever found the the
2: deleted scenes for that storyline yeah um and, and no that came from neil cuthbert and but it as you said, didn't make it in, but uh, that came from Neil. And it was a really fun concept. Uh, there's so many fun concepts and things that, that we did shoot that never made it um, yeah, into uh, the, the film. But, um, you know, it's funny because one piece that I, I wish wasn't in the film that I it just doesn't do it for me was when that cop stops them and he's just going to a, a costume party. I don't know. I just feel it slows down the the film at at that moment but my bosses at disney felt otherwise so it was in
0: well you have to know where i'm going with this um david we really hoped the part you would have said that you didn't like is (laughs) at the beginning of the film there's a character with thackeray named elijah his little his friend um will and i can't stand elijah (laughs) we think (laughs) <laughs> we're actually interviewing steve the guy who played elijah Suits. So very nice oh. guy g- sweet guy but elijah just he comes up and he's like she's done for we can't do anything to help her she's gone there's nothing
2: we can do he's just useless and it frustrated us <laughs> uh, uh, i didn't know if you're gonna say his acting but, but oh, the fact no. that he was just such a downer is what uh is what that that he wasn't a positive person, and we can save your sister. And um, there there's a shot there where he he he's he's speaking. Uh, Elijah is speaking um, to Thackeray, but the position of his head has always bothered me. The way that he turns into him, I, it's so ridiculous. I mean, I'm sure no one picks up on that kind of stuff, but. Just a position. No, we did. We did. <laughs> Will
0: went on. Will went on a rant about how he turns. It's in one of no. our episodes. Nope, you are not alone no. in your Elijah neck turn.
2: Oh, oh bro. <laughs> oh, bro. Oh my god. That's so We did a whole episode. Yeah,
1: we did a whole episode, yeah, a whole episode with uh, where we discussed the opening, and it was probably we. I think we did a. We had a question what was our favourite and what, what was our favourite scene or our least favourite scene and the opening for both of us was the Elijah scene and it's just his lack of effort and enthusiasm and the fact that he sees um Emily getting taken away before Thackeray does, and he just watches her get taken away by Sarah through the field. <laughs> and then when time. he when Thackeray sees him, he he um he just turns. He doesn't do anything. He just kind of... and we There's a whole like episode where we discussed She's it. But you're for. not alone. We're with you on that one. <laughs> She's,
2: that's a t-shirt for us as well. She's done for. I'm so
0: glad we got to talk about Elijah today. And when we have Steve on, we'll have to tell him, you send your well wishes. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that one scene with the cop, is there anything you wish you could change about the actual movie nearly 30 years later?
2: I don't think the effect is great when... Um, When the kids are at Max's house and they open the book before Binks jumps on it and says, don't do that. (laughs) You know, when, when bed is saying goodbye, cruel world, you know, she's looking out the window of her house and all of a sudden she sees it and her mood just completely changed. She's great in that scene, but the effect, the effect I don't think is terrific. And I think that you will see such a huge difference in, in effects um, with, the new film and that beginning with uh, Elijah is something that has always bothered me. Just, it just uh, <laughs> it doesn't have a lot of, a um, uh, verve to it. It just, it, there's just the pacing just seems off to me. And I, I wish that um, we had shot a little earlier in the morning when he wakes up that, you know, that it's, it's just barely dawn. I just think that would have been spookier. Um, you know, when, when the, The donkey or horse, whatever it is, pulls away, if you remember that. It pulls from the, it's tied to a tree and it pulls away and chickens kind of scatter. Uh, I Yeah, I just feel that lacks an an energy. Other than the cop scene, I really don't feel that about any other scene in in the film.
0: (laughs) Elisha, that's so great. I'm so glad we discussed that.
2: Uh, we
1: actually joked that maybe Elijah was helping the Sanderson sisters, which is why he, he's just got no enthusiasm because he's like, he, he's let Emily go, he's let the Sanderson's go, and he's actually in on it. And that was kind of like an alternative timeline that we joked uh, around. That's
0: great. <laughs> it's just an idea for Hocus Pocus 3. It's no big deal.
2: <laughs> yeah. Honestly, what I would love to do with Hocus Pocus 3, yes. if we're ever lucky enough, is to, um, and I wrote a a 10-page a, a treatment of this, uh, a prequel of the Sanderson girls as young teenagers and very religious parents, and they're, especially the, the, the uh, Winifred character, the Bette character, is, um, they're very, um, uh, she's she's kind of a bad girl. She's kind of into bad boys, and but you know I think it would just be great to have them discover their magic. It, it's just this is the beginning of that power, and the, and then you begin to see that the uh, that the townspeople begin to accuse them, and then what they begin to do to the townspeople as they have this newfound power. Um, also, uh, Blake and I uh, we also have a, another version where it's there is a world uh, of hocus pocus that beneath those old great cemeteries that Max is riding his bike through at the beginning, where his tennis shoes are, are stolen by, uh, ice and, and, uh, Jay, there is a world in my mind beneath Salem of things that go bump in the night of, of, uh, more of the likes of Billy Butcherson's Mm. and, um, and I, you know, almost in a Buffy kind of way, of other creatures of the night, of curses, of those that uh, werewolves and um, and other creatures that were cursed by the Sandersons in in Salem that are in the old burial hill. You know, uh, one of my favorite scenes, and it, there's a little bit of it. And Bill Sandell did such a great job of it. And as as Bill, I don't know if he showed you, my, but my drawings. Um, Uh, that I did when we were on the plane going to going to Salem to scout out everything but it's just the kids running through a tunnel and pieces of coffin hanging down you know from the ceiling which is the the ground level of the uh uh, of the old Salem uh, burial hill uh and skeletons hanging down and um but just in that world there is something that exists of all these creatures and and bringing that to uh to life. I have so many ideas of, of Hocus and I've had so many years to work on it. Um, uh, uh, other ideas and concepts. And, uh, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very excited. I'd also love to see an animated version of, of, uh, really in, in term Tim Burton's, uh, Beetlejuice. If you guys ever grew up watching, uh, the animated, uh, Beetlejuice, which I love and that great Danny Elfman score at the beginning, um, uh, but I would love to see something like that as as well. I just you know i'm not sure what disney's plans are, and that's all that really matters at the end of the day um <laughs> but uh i I would love to see um that world explored the way that they have so successfully with uh the the world of star wars that george created george lucas created so
0: <laughs> um, so you've worked on a lot of different projects, some animated, some live action. Um, how is it different producing those two? And do you have a preference between animated and live action?
2: No, it's all storytelling to me. And that's, you know, 100 years ago, I would have written and illustrated children's books. Uh, and and film or television is just a way for me to keep telling my my stories. So um, I love animation and I love the the elements of, of animation um, and uh, just the process of it but I also love live action so it just depends on the project I I have a new project that um, that is a combination of both um, CGI and, and live action and um, and I'm very excited about those two worlds coming together that's a project on, on uh, American um black music and um something i'm i'm very excited about um but uh, but even curious george will be cg george will be cgi but everything else will be live action so i just the idea of using both of them together and like again i commented on on jk rowling but harry potter is a great example of of animated elements that that for the most part seem real and uh and i i I love that. I, I love being able to put those elements together.
0: And while we're talking about your other projects, do you have anything that you want to tell us uh, to tell our listeners that they should keep an eye out for from you? I know you're working on Chucky season two, but is there anything else in the pipeline?
2: Well, uh, curious George, um, Andrew Adams wrote uh, and directed Shrek one and two really talented guy. And he's writing and directing that uh, curious George. So that will, um, I, I, if, all go well. All goes well. That early next spring, we will start shooting that. Um, yes, and Chucky comes out this October. Um, and my partner Don Mancini, uh, um, who's the showrunner of the show and, and is directing some of the episodes as well, um, very talented guy. Uh, Don is uh, right now shooting up in Toronto with uh, with Chucky, um, and that's for Halloween, as as you said, also. So uh, that's. Very exciting to us, and I have a couple, uh, couple horror movies, and uh, and then this this big project on uh, the importance of black music in in America. I don't know if you've seen the new Elvis film yet, but the the opening twenty minutes, I love the film. I was so moved by it. But the opening twenty minutes is is uh, the influence of, of gospel and spiritual music on this young boy, and how it just was that the foundation for, for this guy that would become the, the, the king of rock and roll. Um, pretty amazing. Um, that, so I'm, I'm very excited about this project about black music. So, um, it's, I've worked on that for a long time and, um, I have some wonderful partners that are, uh, producing with me that are major uh, forces in, uh, in entertainment and specifically black music. Um, Michael Jackson was my original partner on it. And then, wow. well, you know, you know what happened there. Um, uh, and it was painful for me. So I put it away for a couple of years. And then my wife just said, you've got to get out there with it again. So I always listened to my dear Lizzie. And I, and I did. And, uh, and I'm so glad I did because I have some wonderful people working with me.
0: That'll be amazing to see and what a way to pay tribute to a dear friend. So we are very much looking forward to seeing that. As soon as you can say any more title, time, place, please let us know and we will share that with everyone so everyone can enjoy that.
2: things progress, I will absolutely let you know.
0: Awesome. And also, guys, in case you haven't heard, he has Hocus Pocus 2 coming out September 30th. (laughs) Just a reminder. (laughs) I should have said that one.
2: That's the big one, right? (laughs)
0: So I think we're, we're winding down on questions here, but a good one that we had, I think this was actually from one of our listeners. Um, if you could choose to work on any movie, past, present, future, what would it be and why?
2: I'm really taken by the Harry Potter movies. Um, I just think there's so much imagination in those and heart and friendship um, and tragedy. Uh, you know, I'm I'm very in awe of... J.K. Rowling's writing abilities of, uh, of the directors that worked on, on those films and production designers and obviously the, the actors, you know, it's just kind of so often in those films, a who's who of great, uh, British acting and just to see them in those roles. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that would have been pretty magical to have been a part of, of, of that, um, That said, Hocus Pocus was my favorite film that I've ever worked on. And I, I, you know, and I I, (laughs) mostly I've had really good experiences with my films. Um, But just to walk onto the set and to see the witch's house and to see the graveyard. um, It just and I just remember walking onto the set and the smell of wood of of all these craftspeople that had built this. And just the, the smell, I still remember it to this day. And every set has that that smell of wood, but I just associate that now with Hocus Pocus and my daughters being little at that time, and and you know them running around, you know, in, in the witch's house and uh, through the graveyard, and it was it was it was very magical and a very magical time, and and I'm I'm very blessed to have had it, and blessed to have had the likes of Kenny Ortega and and uh, and Bill Sandell and John Debney and you know and and Beth and Sarah Jessica and and Kathy just to be part of it again they're pinch me moments and i never take that for granted or never think uh, anything other than i'm the luckiest guy in the world that that someone took that little story and and turned it into what it is today i am so fortunate that that <laughs> that those things happened that the stars aligned or whatever it was that that made that happen
0: and it changed lives david so we are so grateful for that Oh gosh <laughs> i'm so glad that we've
2: become <laughs> friends you guys i i look forward to a hug in person one day whether i'm in england with with you oh, will or, or Ali <laughs> somewhere in these in the states
0: <laughs> i am sure it's going to happen <laughs>
2: let's, let's make sure it does
0: and so um, we have a fun lightning round here, and then we can follow up with it. So I'm just going to ask you a quick question. And I just want your first answer that comes to mind. Short oh, little so answer, all right, David? A
2: pop, a pop oh, wins. no, don't be. These are very, <laughs> these are simple okay. questions.
0: All right. Favorite Sanderson sister? Oh,
2: uh, Winifred.
0: Favorite non-Sanderson Hocus Pocus character?
2: In the movie of Billy, Billy Butcherson. Yeah.
0: Billy. Perfect. Uh, best brother, Max or Thackeray?
2: Let's see. Probably Thackeray.
0: <laughs> best
2: bully, Jay or Ice? Oh, Ice. <laughs> That's the kind of guy that certainly shook me down for lunch money. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> Favorite holiday outside of Halloween?
2: What other holidays are there? Let's see. Um, That's, it. That's <laughs> no, the energy. No, Christmas we <laughs> would certainly be my number two.
0: Favorite Halloween movie?
2: Well, (laughs) this is you can say it because I do want to say it, but uh, but I would probably (laughs) say after after Hocus, uh, uh, Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas.
0: Your favorite Halloween candy?
2: Hmm, I I I am I am uh, I'm kind of all over the place on this one, unfortunately, and that is from peanut M Ms to candy corn. Um, all of them <laughs> you know i mean honestly there isn't really much candy that i don't love so <laughs> i uh i i i would take anything but uh but yeah but i i love when when liz comes home from the market with candy corn and it's the beginning of october and she puts it in the bowls in a big bowl she said and we'll have this you know at, at halloween and it's just like it's never going to make it to Halloween, and it never does. <laughs> but she knows that, and, but I think it's her excuse to buy more. So, Of course.
0: And the big one, Hocus Pocus or Hocus Pocus 2?
2: Mm. Well, I haven't seen Hocus Pocus 2 completely put together with all the finished effects. So I'm going to use that as my excuse to say Hopo Ho 1. But um, but if I can revisit <laughs> that when all the effects are in on Hocus Pocus 2. But my guess is I'm going to be pretty darn proud of Hocus Pocus 2 when it's done. So I, I don't know the answer.
0: <laughs> we would love to have you on again this fall when you can talk freely about Hocus Pocus 2 and we can revisit that question. Then. <laughs> I, I, uh, I,
2: you guys are so wonderful and it's so wonderful what you do for this property I will do anything for you guys. I am fans. You have me. And I anything you need, I am there.
0: That is so sweet, David. <laughs> well, did I miss any questions? Did you have any questions?
1: Last uh, last time when we spoke, you mentioned that Disney sent you a lot of Hocus Pocus merchandise. And we were actually wondering, do you have a particular uh, piece of merchandise that's been released that's your favourite?
2: My wife has a purse by, I think it's called Dun & Burke or something like Dooney that. Dooney and Burke. Okay, that's it. And, oh, it's a beautiful and bag. It's a beautiful bag. And she um, from uh September 1st, she wears it um everywhere. And everyone <laughs> always comments on it. People stop her. She'll go to uh, – she's such a, a good partner. She'll go and if she's going to buy something, she'll take it off her shoulder and put it right on the counter. And inevitably <laughs> – uh, someone that, that is around your age will say, is that a hocus pocus purse? And I, I mean, Liz knows exactly what she's doing. She's in charge of advertising. <laughs> and, uh, so, uh, yes. And there's actually, there's, have you ever seen this? It's a book. Uh, not, I, there's nothing I can do to, uh, sh- to surprise you. And, uh, and then these tennis shoes, um, that I got oh, for each of those. the...
0: Um, I have not seen those. Uh,
2: ...my executives um, for uh, Jessica uh, Venture, who's Senior VP of Dis- uh, Production for Disney. Um, I got one for her, for Lynn Harris, my my producing partner, and for uh, Rachel Young. Um, and the, their- Rachel also is a Disney executive. And I got them this. I got them hats that say... Hocus pocus, and then uh, shirts that I'm sure you guys have seen, and it's of the girls kind of looking surly and wearing like Doc Martens, and it says, "You can't sit with us." Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got them with that. So I, I have great photos of, of those three amazing women um, wearing uh, these outfits that I sent with all this candy in a in a big. Uh, In a big basket for them, with with the shoes, with the with everything.
0: And while while you're showing us things, David, you said that you had um, a mannequin with a replica of Bette's costume on it. Could you show that to us? I don't know if you can move us around. Yeah, yeah, here. (sighs) Oh my goodness! Look at that! How beautiful! That's so cool!
2: It looks so good. And my my office, which is pretty good size. I, I wanted to put the other two girls in here yeah but get I, a I, uh, but I don't have room so and let's just <laughs> add it on to this room for me so um, I, we've got to come up with something because I really want those other costumes in there those
1: are beautiful thank you for sharing that with us yeah thank you um, and then my last question was um, American Tale, do you, would you ever like to revisit that? Would you ever like to do anything more with it? I only asked because as a kid, I was obsessed with both films. I watched them on repeat all the time. <laughs> um, I haven't watched them for a long time, and it wasn't until we got Disney Plus in the UK that I saw them. I was like, okay, I've got to watch these again, because I was obsessed with them as a child. But I've always just been curious whether you'd want to do anything else with American Tale.
2: Stephen has spoken of um, a Broadway version of an American Tale and I would love wow. to see that happen. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a story of immigration. New York is you know, the crown jewel for immigration in this country. I, I just, and I know Stephen feels the same way. I just would love to see that as a result. Um, um, when I presented to Stephen, Kathy called Stephen and said, um, I've just seen something. This is before cell phones. This is July 3rd, 1984. And um, a clearly an important date to me. I, I'm not one of those people that can just pull up things like that. But mm-hmm. uh, she said she called Stephen and said, you need to see this kid's work immediately. I pitched the whole story to, to Kathy and Stephen's on the other end of the phone and he's saying something and she gets off and said, Stephen has asked if you and your wife would like to come to a Fourth of July party that he's going to have tomorrow. Um, at his house at the beach. And, um, and if you would bring all of this, and there's, there's so much of this stuff that I had. It was in a, uh, a shipping, uh, a, a steamer trunk. And I had the word ship to America on it with all these stickers from all over the world. And then when you open up the, the, uh, the chest, um, probably cheesy, but an American flag came up with it. And on uh, and and my little cassette player, I had Neil Diamond's They're Coming to America. And I pushed that and, and I proceeded to tell him the story of an American tale. And, and I'm, I start on a chair, but um, I'm kind of an antsy person, as I'm sure you can tell by my hands always moving. Um, and I got on the floor and I'm explaining all these things to him and showing him you know, everything. And he gets on the floor with me and he looks at everything. And he said to me. And it was one of the uh, other than my wife telling me she loved me and the birth of our, our, our children and now grandchildren, the greatest moment in my life um, after those. Uh-huh. And uh Steven said, um, what excites me more than what I see before me is what you still have up there. And as you mature in this business, how it will come out, let's make a movie. And I, and it's I, by the way, it's never been as easy as that moment. My first film, and it's with Spielberg, <laughs> and it's never been as easy as we're making your movie. It's just like that. We're making your movie, and um, and if if you guys are Stephen, and and in back of you there is a couch, and that's where Liz was sitting, about five feet from Stephen, and I see Liz behind Stephen just doing this weeping, crying so hard, but trying not to make any noise. And it's a combination of I wanted to burst out laughing. And I also wanted to cry because I loved her so much because she so, has always been so supportive of, of me. And, uh, it, it was, it was such an amazing and magical moment. You know, here is Steven Spielberg sitting there and just as I'm kind of glancing over his shoulder, I see my wife weeping and, um, and he just said yes to, to my first film. And it just, uh, well, it doesn't get much better than that.
1: That's incredible.
2: Such a great story.
0: What would you just like to say to the Hocus Pocus fans that not just Will and I, but all of our listeners, everyone who loves it as much as we do, just what would you like to say to them? We are so grateful for you.
2: Grateful for me. I am so grateful to all of you for taking this, this little boy's dream and turning it into a reality. And this stuff just moves me so much that, that people are even interested in it. And uh, speaking for all the talented people, of the first film, the second film, it just it means so much to all of us. And I, I know this from the discussions I've had with, with Kenny and discussions I've had with Thora and, and, uh, and uh, Omri and Vanessa. Uh, just uh, and Doug uh, of just what this means to all of us. I mean, none of us ever thought 28 years later anybody would be discussing this. I mean, that just the thought of that didn't even enter our head. So I, I just I thank you so much for keeping. And this is what I always sign to people for keeping the magic alive. And that's that's what it is. It's keeping the magic alive and and never. Never forgetting that magical day, but making every day Halloween. and I think I wrote that to will with what I signed to him that every, every day should be Halloween in your life. and and it should. It, we should all have the joy that we we felt as little kids at Halloween and and live our lives like that, aside from work and whatever else <laughs> that goes with all it. all those but...
0: logistical things, you know yeah. It's always Halloween in our heart. That's what I love to say.
2: That's great. That's great. <laughs>
0: There it is. Part two of our interview with the one and only David Kirshner. Thank you all for tuning in. And we again apologize for the delay between episode one and two with David, but we hope you agree that it was well worth the wait. And David, thank you so much for joining us. It was such a pleasure chatting with you. It was truly an honor for Will and I, and we are so excited to have you back this fall to chat everything Hocus Pocus to. Tune in next week for another fun episode of the Black Flame Society, and we will see you then. Until then, Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Black Flame Society. To never miss an episode, follow along on Instagram at the Black Flame Society podcast, like and subscribe on your favorite streaming service, and join our mailing list to be the first to know what's coming next. Thank you for being part of the society. Until next time. The Black Flame Society podcast is not affiliated with Disney or any other related conglomerates yet. Feel free to change that. Give us a call.